Telling the truth and being honest is important in discerning our times, but when does discernment become mean-spirited? We talk about that today on Understanding the Times Radio. Stay tuned. What is the great danger in the Christian church today? The danger to the church today, whatever the denomination, from within, is the person who wears the cloth of Christ and who stands behind the sacred desk and who is unfaithful to the Word of God. That is the ultimate danger to the church. We are so careful to preserve the wolves in the church and so slow to defend the faith of the church. That is what curses us. Can we contend for the faith without being contentious? Today we are seeing a lot of contentious contenders who are known for what they tear down rather than what they lift up. Today, Jan Markell, along with co-host Eric Barger and author Mike LeMay, take a look at some of the issues surrounding discernment. Now here is Jan Markell. Welcome to the program, the program that brings you news, views, and inconvenient truths from a decidedly biblical perspective. This particular hour, I'm going to be talking to uh, several guests. I have a co-host in studio. I'll be joining them in just a moment, but let me sort of set the stage, as I like to say, because over the summer I wrote an article for my print newsletter, and you can sign up for that online or call my office, about contending for the faith without being contentious. And yes, we covered this topic in part last summer, so this is a repeat program. We're updating it. And we have some new guests who are going to speak new things into this program. But in that particular article, I made some comments such as today there are entire ministries and even churches who are known more for what they tear down rather than what they build up. We're asking a question if another ministry or ministry leader is virtually being attacked and even dare I say, slandered, we have to ask, is such activity like that of God, where the faults of others are sort of emphasized, and of course, the faults of the accuser are ignored. I think they truly believe they have none. We have observed that there are some who seem to have a style of catching people doing something they consider wrong. It's sort of a gotcha mentality. We have to ask, Why aren't they seeing people through the same eyes that Jesus saw people? He saw broken people, and he reached out to them. He did not delight in exposing them and even mocking them. So these are some things that we're going to be talking about. The contentious contender will seldom take a look at their own weaknesses. Could they have a motive of lifting themselves up by condemning others? Folks, we are all flawed. Every ministry is flawed. Every ministry leader is flawed. No one has it down perfectly, not one. Yet this new brand of discerners have made themselves out to be the judge, the jury. They are never, ever, ever wrong. They have the final word today in apologetics and discernment. They are the contentious contenders. That's what we're talking about this particular hour. Now, make just another paragraph worth of comments, and then we're moving on. Again, Jesus warned us about false teachers. The Bible talks about it endlessly, that in the last days there would be an abundance of false teachers. So we're to contend for the faith, Jude 3. We are to name names when appropriate. We need discernment now more than ever. But we are not commissioned in so doing 
to tear down, to commit character assassination, to use websites, radio, social media, and more, to bear false witness because we disagree with a brother or a sister. If that is the new normal, then we've entered the predicted time when love will grow cold, Matthew 24. And maybe we have. Maybe that's the time period we're in now, when we are thinking only of self, Second Timothy 3, in the last days. Men will be lovers of self. It's the first thing that's talked about. A time when uh, we are absolutely a puzzle to the unbelieving world who hears the bashing and the smashing of other people and walks away from Christianity afraid to enter it. Why would they want to come into a world where fellow brothers and sisters are being mocked and scorned and smashed and bashed? So that's some of the things that we're going to be covering in studio with me is my very often co-host, Eric Barger from Take a Stand Ministry. And online I have with me Mike LeMay, who's been on this program before, who has an incredible new book. We'll get to Mike in just a minute, but first I want to go... I want to go to Eric. For, Eric, thank you for swinging by here today. Hey, Jan. It's uh, it's always a pleasure. Thank you. You have any thoughts to what I just said? Oh, my. <laughs> we don't have three hours anymore, do yeah, we? No. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is such a concern because we want to be discerning. We want to encourage the church to be discerning. So much of the Christian church doesn't give a thought to uh, discernment issues or to apologetics yeah. or to what they believe or why they believe it or what is going on in the practices around them. But uh, it is, as I've said so often, I've written about this, we've talked about it ad nauseum, is the tone of discernment. It is uh, the way it's being done, and it's also the idea that you have to align yourself with every little tiny and sometimes insignificant jot and tittle of some of the discerners. Uh, and if you don't do that, then suddenly you're the enemy, you're the problem, and you're the target. These are the things that have concerned me. And, and, you know, we can get into all the different doctrines and those kind of things, and we need to do that. And I encourage people to learn why they believe what they believe and then learn to vigorously contend for it, to defend what they believe. But uh, in doing so, let's not uh, paint ourselves into a corner and decide that we're the barometer for what's right and wrong. Let's always bring it back to the Scripture and see if in context we're defending the truth Dr. Dave Reagan came out uh, in January with his periodicals magazine, and David will be joining us. He'll join us later in the program today. But uh, Dave Reagan makes a plea for grace in that magazine, and uh, we'll let him talk about that. But basically, Eric, if we are saved by grace through faith, can we not extend some grace to those who are perhaps faltering in the faith and bring them back into the discerning fold without without making them bloody? In other words, if there's a, a ministry out there that um, somebody disagrees with, again, I go back to acting in humility without this gotcha mentality because I have a, I'm concerned that those who are not of the faith, the unbeliever, could see the way some of these discernment ministries, at least those that have come along in the last 10 years or so, are behaving and run the other direction. Well, I, I think that's exactly accurate, and I believe people do run the other direction. I think there's a lot of Christians throw their hands up and say, I want nothing to do with discernment. I don't need to hear that stuff, because look at the way these people treat each other. You know, uh, Jim Spencer, who's an author and former Mormon himself, Jim's been on our program on Understanding the Times, and I've known Jim for a long time. One 
one of his monikers is truth without love is too hard. And uh, I tweeted that recently. I believe that is a very important statement. I think some in the community that we're in, this discernment apologetics community, should ponder that statement. I also tweeted the same day that if an apologist heart isn't motivated by love and a spirit of correction then his mission is really to prove himself the only authority. And I think everybody listening to me right now ought to look around and say, is there anybody out there that is uh, bashing, trashing others, using the words false prophet, false teacher, in context to another brother in the Lord, just to try to build himself mm-hmm. or his own ministry up? Because if we're not out to try to correct people, and if we don't do it in the spirit of love, then honestly, we should shut our mics off. We should shut down our website and just back off and look at our own selves, look at our own lives and see if we need to correct the way we're doing this, the spirit we're doing it in. Well, Eric, there are some troubling people out there and we're not suggesting that we stop naming names. We need to be naming the names of the Todd Bentleys, of the Brian McLarens, of the Rob Bells. There's a a bunch of them. Even we can throw in the Campolos and the Jim Wallaces in there too. There are many that we need to be talking about. But um, we have discussed, you and I have discussed, and you stress that we should try to engage in, in personal dialogue with the brother or sister. And I like to say, can we not sit down and reason? That's what the Bible says. Let's sit down and reason with one another when it comes to some of these apologetics issues. Come let us reason together before we light up the blogs and the radio and the articles and the books and the social media coming against a brother or sister in the Lord. I mean, it's no secret. I mean, I've been victim of some of this. So have you over the last six to 12 months. And I'm sure the program we're doing now is going to usher in another outburst of such behavior. It would be nice, again, if those that are about to launch another attack based on this program would sit down and say, let's reason together and let's talk even publicly about this. Where's the civility? That's the uh, that's the real point is we need civility between brothers. And uh, we're not shy about naming names of those who have taught blatant, abject heresy. But, uh, you know, so often discernment has now been uh, couched in the idea of, I don't agree with this peripheral doctrine, this non-essential that doesn't do anything for somebody's salvation, doesn't take them to heaven or hell, either one, doesn't affect that in any way. But I don't like those doctrines, so I'm going to call this discernment, and then I'm going to bash anybody around me in the church who believes in some of the things that I may not agree with. And these non-essentials has been the playground of some of these discerners. All right. Well, we need to talk about what we think would be essentials and what probably would be more peripheral. But I will tell folks up front. And again, Eric, you and I, along with Jill Martin Rishi, uh, last June, we talked about some of these things. We referenced last summer that there are some peripheral issues. We'll get to those in a minute. But the peripheral issues, we can't just totally walk away from them. We got to deal with some of the peripheral issues. Some of them are too important. I think we, before we get into some of those issues, let's bring on Mike LeMay. We've had Mike on before, and he hosts the popular radio program, Stand Up for Truth, which you and I have both been on, and Mike's been on this program before, too. Welcome back, Mike LeMay. Thanks for joining us today. 
great to be with you, Jan and Eric. Thank you. And Mike is the author of the book, This Ministry Carries, uh, The Suicide of American Christianity, Drinking the Kool-Aid of Secular Humanism. We can say more about that just a little bit later. But Mike LeMay, you've heard some of the comments we've made here in the opening 10 minutes or so. Your thoughts? Then I have a specific question for you. Well, thank you, Jan. You know, we who are watchmen or run discernment ministries, if you will, we're fueled by passion passionate for God's, but you know, uncontrolled passion can lead to anger and to sin. And you and Eric mentioned two words earlier, one in particular that I think is so vital, humility. We have to understand as watchmen or discerners, if you will, that we are not infallible. The only thing that is infallible in this life is God and His Word. And so as we get passionate as watchmen, and as we see the Word of God being twisted or mangled, or or dangerous teachings coming into the church, a certain anger does well up in us because we love the Lord and we love His Word so much. But we have to be careful as watchmen to make sure that our passion does not turn into anger, which leads to sin. And it's so, so vital. Instead of automatically calling someone a false teacher, maybe it's as simple as using the word a false teaching. You're not attacking the person, you're questioning a particular teaching. And kind of getting away from this personal attack, and and not attacking the person himself, but just questioning a teaching this person brings forward. So that, that to me, helps to diffuse this a little bit and doesn't make it so much a me-against-you attack versus we're debating something you're teaching. I want to quote you, uh, Mike LeMay, and you say, discernment ministries should not be competing to one-up each other or play gotcha, but rather point out questionable teachings and compare them to the word. Also, that we must be very cautious before throwing out the word heretic. And I'm going to throw in their false teacher too. question the methods and teachings, but slow to judge another standing before God. That's sort of what you just said. Yeah, you know, none of us are qualified to judge who will be spend eternity with God and who will not. That is way above our pay grade. Only God himself can decide that. And again, we can question a teaching that one of us has without making it a personal attack on that person. The definition of heretic comes, you don't believe everything I believe, therefore you're a heretic. Well, we've got about six billion heretics in this planet. Mm -hmm. There are certain things that are undeniable and unnegotiable about being a follower of Jesus Christ. But there are a whole bunch of things that because we're human, we don't interpret the scriptures with 100% accuracy, we're going to have disagreements on. I mean, I've seen people break fellowship because one was a pre-trib rapture person and one was a mid-trib. That's just, that's insane So again, let's be very slow to call someone a heretic or a false teacher. Question the teachings, but we can do it without questioning the character and standing of the person before God. I want to go over those basics, but first, Eric, you have something you want to add to what Mike has just said? I think that's really important. I think we should be passionate about what we believe. Uh, On those peripheral doctrines, such as the timing of the rapture and so many other things we could name and mention, and I think it's okay to dialogue about what another teacher or believer in the faith believes or thinks about those things. But let's not just be bashing them again and again and again to try to prove how right we are and how wrong they are. And in doing so, uh, bring ill repute to their ministry and, and make people be turned off in their minds about this uh, another ministry or another brother in the Lord. Uh, let's be careful about the way we treat authentic Christians or people who have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and who, if we were to examine them based on what the Bible says about salvation, we would have to say that they are 
are in the family of God. Let's be careful with that. My producer, Larry Kutzler, has been not really in the background, but he's been with me watching some of this transpire in the last six months or so. Larry's a former pastor, and you still have a pastor's heart. And you were sharing some things with me on the phone yesterday that I felt were so important, your observations and thoughts. Well, Jan, I think the spirit of the world has entered into the church, and it comes through sort of the back door of uh, apologetics or uh, trying to discern the truth. But it's no different than the liberal media who uh, goes after, say, a conservative without any grace, without any mercy. That's just not biblical teaching. You know, I can think of many examples where Paul talks about, you know, coming alongside someone or a Priscilla and Aquila coming alongside Apollos to teach him more perfectly. We're not here to try to prove how right we are, as somebody has already said, or stick out our chest in order to say, look how right I am. In humility, we serve Christ. He's the only one that's right. I'm just going to run down some the basics and, and the faith that we uh, we can't throw these out. We've got to deal with these these basics. And then we've made reference to what was, was called a peripheral issue. There are lots of peripheral issues. And what do we do with them? Because some of them are important. But just some of the basics for discussion. We'll come back after the break and, and deal with them a little bit more extensively, such as inerrancy of Scripture and the virgin birth, the deity of Christ, salvation by grace, Jesus is returning, God is sovereign, Jesus died, he was buried, he rose on the third day, the heaven and hell, the eternal judgment type issues, afterlife, what about the force the Bible calls Satan? What about the gifts of the Spirit, the Holy Ghost? Those, Some of those are issues we can't throw them out. We, we have to deal with them. But then what do we do with issues that would be considered lesser issues to some, including myself? I'm not so sure that replacement theology, the church has replaced Israel, is a secondary issue. To me, it's primary. We've got methods of baptism. We've got some of the Calvinism, Arminianism issues. We've got the end-time aberrations. What do we do with the mystical? We've got people now embracing so-called, it isn't, but so-called Christian yoga. Is that in the forefront? Is that uh, secondary? Is that primary? Well, it's not primary, but some people may go to hell because of embracing it. We've got a number of other issues. We've got, uh, can a Christian have a demon? What about the various styles of worship, new styles of music? So there are the primary issues, and then there are the secondary issues. Some of these things just weave in and out, too. Like I was saying to you off-air, some of these very central, essential doctrines, they have right next to them other issues. We think of heaven and hell, and right next to that you have, of course, the understanding that there is a Satan, there is a commander-in-chief of the evil out there, there is a a minions, his minions, his army, and so that's very important to believe there's a, a Satan, and there is is a, a demonic force or forces in the world. But, you know, we argue about some of these things and besmirch others in the process. And once again, I come back to the tone and the way we do it. It is the way that, that discernment is being carried out that is uh, that seems to overbear the substance of what we're trying to bring out. I think we can dialogue back and forth and not, not wound one another, not shoot at each other, not publicly disgrace each other in the process. We're going to continue on. I need to take a short two-minute time out, but I'm first going to remind you that all programming is posted to my website shortly after you hear it on air. That's olivetreeviews.org. Views as in viewpoint. olivetreeviews.org. And go to radio if you'd like to 
play it again many times as you would like. You order a CD and so forth. We have mobile apps for Android, iPad, and various other mobile devices, smartphones, smarter than we are these days. Find us on Facebook, Jan Markell's Olive Tree Ministries, and join the conversation there. We're coming back in exactly two minutes. Join my guests again, Eric Barger, Mike LeMay. Dr. Dave Reagan joins us just a little bit later in the program. Don't go away. Don't touch that dial. We hope you are enjoying today's conversation, and if so, check out olivetreeviews.org for more articles and radio shows that will help you discern our times according to the Bible. That web address again is olivetreeviews.org. We will be back with Jen Markell in a moment. This is Larry Kutzler, executive producer of Understanding the Times Radio. When you call 763-559-4444, you'll be greeted by the friendly voice of Gail. Good morning, Olive Tree Ministries. This is Gail. Gail, what would you like to say to the folks in this brand new year? I would love to talk to you and answer any questions you may have. I can help you order products from our store, give you my latest prize-winning recipe, or leave a message for Jan. The other person that you may reach when you call Olive Tree Ministries is Heidi. We love serving you, and in this new year, we want everyone to know we will continue to present the inconvenient truth and pray for his return in 2013. To receive our newsletters or to order products, remember our number is 763-559-4444. Our mailing address is Olive Tree Ministries, P.O. Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. Jan Markell has outstanding e-news alerts that keep you informed on the current events that are shaping our world. She also has a print newsletter that is free to all who ask for it. You can go online to sign up for these timely publications, and remember, they are free. The online address is olivetreeviews.org, or you can call us at 763-559-4444. As we begin 2013, we are committed to bringing you the stories that you will never hear in most media outlets, all balanced with a biblical worldview. Each week, you can podcast the program on your computer, or if you have a smartphone, we have an app that will make your listening so much easier. However, if you would like a CD, we have those available as well. Simply call our office 763-559-4444 and become a CD subscriber. We're excited that we have a brand new year to present the inconvenient truth. Will you share the messages you hear with others? Our website is the best place for people to hear the programs and connect with our office. OliveTreeViews.org This is Joel Rosenberg and you're listening to Understanding the Times Radio with Jan Markell. It is not unchristian to talk about things, to even come into a heated argument about things. That's not unchristian. But it is unchristian to throw around the term false prophet and false teachers so flippantly as we're hearing done in our very community of speakers and writers. Yes, you cannot use, you cannot take the term false prophet and pull it out of scripture and just throw it around any way you want. Because Jesus said... There is a specific definition for a false prophet, and he went through that. So you can't pull the title of false prophet out of the scripture and apply it to people in the church unless they're going to fall into that category. One of the characteristics of a biblical watchman should be humility. We now rejoin Jan Markell, Eric Barger, and Mike LeMay, along with an added bonus of Dr. David Reagan. Let's continue with the conversation about the dark side of discernment. Welcome back to the program. 
Glad you could join me this weekend, and let me reset the stage for just a moment. Again, I have in studio my co-host, Eric Barger from Take a Stand Ministry. I have on the line uh, Mike LeMay from Stand Up for the Truth. That's the name of the radio program he does. I'll mention his book here before the program winds down again. And we'll be joined by Dr. Dave Reagan in just a moment. And I started out the program asking some basic questions about the, well, let's just say today's discerners, today's discernment ministries. And I asked the question, can we contend for the faith without being contentious? Today we are seeing a lot of contentious contenders who are known for what they tear down rather than what they lift up. I had to ask, are these contenders seeing people through the eyes that Jesus saw people? He saw broken people. He reached out to them in love, even when he corrected them. And what must the unbeliever think when he or she sees Christians sniping, bad-mouthing, judging, name-calling one another? Could they walk away from the faith afraid of such people? I think they might. Let me just read one paragraph from what Dr. Dave Reagan has written in his forthcoming magazine. I think by now it's out, and he'll join us in just a few minutes. And Dave Reagan says this. He says, I have had my Christianity questioned because I refused to condemn the Promise Keepers movement. I have had my Christianity questioned because I do not despise Bible paraphrases like the Living Bible and the New Testament in modern English. I have had my Christianity questioned because I do not dislike contemporary Christian music. I have had my Christianity questioned because I refuse to denounce modern Bible translations like the New King James and the New American Standard Version. And he goes on and on and on, and, and he's talking about the many darts that he has taken from the new Pharisees who don't fully agree with him. And because he has taken a different position on something, they are calling him all sorts of things, including false teacher. He'll join us in a few minutes and talk about more of that. So now I want to get back to the guests I do have. I want to, First, I want to go to Larry. Larry Kutzler, you had an insight I want you to share. Well, I think, Jan, the, uh, the whole idea of the discernment and the death of discernment, it's a very important issue. And so we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, even though we're talking about the way that we discern and the spirit behind the way we discern, that's very important for our audience to differentiate. We're not saying that all discerners are bad or there's a component in all discerners that have this negative feel. We're just simply saying that discernment is important, but let's be careful how we use it when we attack an individual person. Mike LeMay, your thoughts on that? I think Larry is spot on. And, you know, Jan and Eric, the way I get my head around this thing is Jesus talked about the narrow path. And think of going up a narrow mountain path, and you've got room for your one car, and there's maybe a six-foot shoulder to your right, and immediately off that shoulder is a 2,000-foot drop. And we're Christians, we're on that narrow path, and maybe someone gets into something like a contemplative prayer movement or, or uh, uh, signs and wonders, and they start to veer over to that shoulder. They're still on that narrow path, but what a good discerner does is say, hey, look, you're getting dangerously close to the end here. And while you may see nothing wrong in what you're doing here, it can lead to a severe fall. So I think, again, what, what too many discerners are doing is when someone gets on that shoulder, instead of trying to wake them up and nudge them back onto the narrow path, they're throwing them right over the cliff. And, and that's, that's really giving the, the bride of Christ a black eye. So I think if we look at it with, with that mentality, when people start to stray off the path, Whatever movement we're talking about, let's get them back on that narrow path and warn them that there's a 2,000-foot cliff waiting if they don't get off that path. 
in some cases, the particular person isn't veering off any path. I hear what you're saying, Mike, but in some cases, people are being sort of picked up and beaten up for no reason at all because they... Well, Jan, if I may, if, if I may what they're doing is exactly what the Pharisees did. Yeah. By the time Jesus came to earth, had changed God's law. They'd added, they added new human restrictions, and that's why one of the reasons they didn't recognize Yeshua as the Messiah because in their own mind, they had rewritten God's prophetic word and God's perfect law, put further constraints. Jesus said, you Pharisees put constraints on people that even you can't carry. So uh, it's kind of a modern pharisaical movement I see going on here. Eric? Boy, preach it, brother. <laughs> I'm sitting here just chomping at the bit. Jesus said in John 13, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. And he didn't talk about discernment next, folks. He didn't talk about when you bash those who disagree with you. He said, if you have love for one another, that's the whole key. And that's what we've been saying. And I think that's become one of the prime important points of this program. Larry has said it. Jan has said it. You've said it, Mike. I'm saying it. You know, James makes the point that life and death is in the power of the mm-hmm. tongue. And may I say in the computer keyboard computer as well. Keyboard, yep. uh, we, we had better tread carefully. Uh, when we start treating another Christian in a besmirching manner on issues that are not central to our salvation, doesn't mean we shouldn't uh, disagree on issues. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying just to be quiet and not say a word. But let's be careful about the way we do it because we need to show love to one another. And that, to me, is the whole key. If anybody in the discernment community is not showing love and isn't doing what they do because they want to bring correction, then they're doing it for the wrong reason. And Eric, if I may jump in, you know, Galatians chapter 2 is a perfect example. Paul opposed Peter to his face because he was wrong, and he went on to call him a hypocrite. But he never questioned Peter's love of the Lord or his salvation. He questioned Peter's actions, confronted him on it, and showed him the right path. Let's return real briefly here to to those basic and then secondary issues, because I feel that in the category of secondary, there are some excruciatingly important issues. The essentials, again, inerrancy of Scripture, virgin birth, deity of Christ, salvation by grace, Jesus returning, God is sovereign, Jesus died, was buried, rose, there is a hell and eternal judgment, there is a heaven and afterlife, there is a force that the Bible calls Satan, there's the whole uh, gifts of the Spirit, and, and, and those those are issues that um, you know we can't move very far on, but then there are some issues that become secondary. And as I said, going into the break, some of these that are secondary in some minds are, well, they're as important as the basics. We've got some of the mystical issues. Guys, I don't think we can just toss aside some of the mystical issues. We've got people engaging in things like contemplative prayer and so-called Christian yoga who are who are literally dabbling with things of the devil world. That particular element becomes hugely important and, and some to some people more than other people. In my own world, it would be this replacement theology that has so jumbled up Bible teaching, it's hardly recognizable anymore. You know, Jan, it's coming out of the New Age movement, which I did many years ago. It was all about experiences. There is a segment of the Christian church that experience, I believe, takes too large a part. It, they, it's too much of the emphasis. But every experience that comes along should be tested by the Word of God. For example, when it comes to yoga, 
even the, the Hindu yogis are saying it's disingenuous for a Christian to try to Christianize it. It can't be Christianized. They're saying that. And yet we have that all through the Christian church. We ought to do everything we can to warn people about it, but we ought to also give them grace and mercy. And that comes back to, uh, to Dr. Reagan's article about grace and what we've been saying on the program. Let's be merciful to others. Let's play a quick soundbite here by Dr. Walter Martin. I think we've played this before. And uh, he sort of sums it up and throws in a little bit of humor besides. We have been so busy fighting among ourselves. We are so busy arguing about whether Christ is going to come before the tribulation, the middle of the tribulation, or after the tribulation, which is pure tribulation anyhow. <laughs> Premillennial, amillennial, postmillennial, sprinkle them, pour them, immerse them, give them wine, grape juice, Coca-Cola at the communion service. Leavened bread, unleavened bread, bishops, ruling elders, deacons, no bishops, no ruling elders, deacons, bishops, back, forth, in, out, up, down, the whole world's going to hell on the doorstep while you're fighting about nothing. Well, Dr. Walter Martin calls some of those things nothing. I'm not sure I totally agree, but I do get his point, and he made a very, very good point there. I, I think he did also, and it is difficult sometimes to discern what are absolute issues we cannot move on and where there can be grace and mercy. But one of the bad things that I've seen happen, Jan and Eric, look at the Pentecostalism or Charismatics. You've got some people completely throwing them off the bus of Christianity. Now, is there a Pentecostal movement that's way out there in the fringe that's dangerous? I believe there is. But to, to, to lump all Pentecostals all of a sudden and say anyone who talks about being in the Spirit or speaking in the Spirit or speaking in tongues is automatically no longer a Christian, it's just bad theology, and it's very, very dangerous for the church as a whole. Well, Mike, uh, you, you've run across the dirty little secret, I believe, that's going on inside discernment. And Jan and I have talked about this so much, and I, I'm sure Larry and I have discussed it too, is that uh, if you believe that God speaks in any way or God heals or God forbid that any of the gifts of the Spirit are still in action today, then you are the problem to some of these people in the discernment community because what they are doing is they're deciding to make that issue the issue of discernment. In other words, if you believe in some way differently than they do about this, then you obviously are undiscerning and you, you must be wrong. Look, we're not telling anybody to believe any particular thing about any of the things I just mentioned. That's not the key. But let's not call that discernment. This is a theological discussion about whether the, the Holy Spirit still moves as he always has. I personally believe that God still heals today. I believe that God is still speaking in the hearts of men today. That's where I'm coming from. From. But we don't all have to believe the same thing that I believe. I think uh, this was the root of the of the controversy as it concerned. I'll be bold enough to say it. This is what was behind some of the well, the discerners who came against um, my friend Jonathan Kahn. They did not like the fact that he was Pentecostal. Larry. You have a Pentecostal background. What do you think about this? Well, I think you're right. I think uh, for years we've battled that. I was pastoring in a community where there were four churches on one block, and I was seen as uh, the one guy left out because I had a charismatic or Pentecostal background. Uh, little did they know that I had grown up in a nominal church and became a believer through some loving Pentecostal people that introduced me to Christ. And uh, so I kind of fell into sort of a, a Pentecostal, 
little uh, persuasion. But once we got to know each other, the four pastors on that block, we really discovered that we weren't that much different. And love prevailed, and we did some great things for the city because we came together in the Spirit of Christ. Eric, your thoughts on this? Well, Jan, you know, uh, what Larry just said is, is so apropos to this discussion because discernment today isn't about whether somebody believes that God still heals or moves. This condescension, the way that people look down their nose at others and besmirch others and act like that they're somehow better than others because they believe that the Holy Spirit has stopped moving. You know, there enough of this. This yes. is not discernment. Uh, and what we're doing is we are treating someone who we will spend eternity with in heaven in this way here on earth. Something's wrong with that. I don't say we have to all agree on this issue, but it's, again, the mm. tone of the way we do it. Enough of this uh, condescension that we have. We're going to be bringing Dr. Dave Reagan on here in just seconds. First, I want to thank Michael LeMay. You can learn more at StandUpForTheTruth.com. And we carry his book, The Suicide of American Christianity, Drinking the Kool-Aid of Secular Humanism. Find it at my website under products, olivetreeviews.org, and go to products. Mike LeMay, we're going to stay in touch and have you back again on a regular basis. Thank you, Janet. If I could just leave your listeners with yes. a final thought. Please. Truth and love are both necessary traits of a Christian. You cannot have one and not the other. Truth and love must guide everything we do and say. Thank you, Mike. Joining us now is the familiar voice of Dr. Dave Reagan. You've heard him at many of my Understanding the Times conferences. And uh, David has an outstanding magazine called The Lamplighter in his January-February issue. He sent me a little advanced copy of a part of it anyway. And I'm just going to read a paragraph here, a couple paragraphs in from this article. And then we're going to dialogue a little bit with David. And uh, he says, There are many fine apologetic ministries existing today who are earnestly contending for the faith. We have interviewed many of them. But the self-proclaimed watchmen on the wall who can constantly spew forth hateful condemnations are really nothing more than spiritual pit bulls who are trying to build themselves up by tearing other people down. My conclusion, let's look for what is biblical, let's embrace it, and let's thank God for it. Criticize what you consider to be unbiblical, but do it in love with a desire to correct and not defame. Pray for the person you disagree with. And remember, if God can show you grace with all your warts and hang-ups, Surely you can show some grace towards those you disagree with. Dave Reagan, welcome back to the program. Well, thank you, Jan. It's always uh, good to be on the air with you. You have a wonderful program, and I'm very blessed to have Eric with us today. Sure. One of uh, my favorite people. <laughs> well, mine too. David, the title of this article is A Plea for Grace. How come? Why did you do this article, which is outstanding, and we'll tell people how they can get it. Why? What's behind it? Well, I guess the two things in particular spurred me to do it is something I'd been thinking about for a long time, but I guess the two things that really spurred me to do it was, first of all, uh, I was just uh, flabbergasted by the attacks that people made on Jonathan Kahn, who wrote uh, the book mm -hmm. The Harbinger, mm -hmm. and uh, I just couldn't believe how vicious, how personal, how defaming uh, these attacks were. Uh, one uh, major uh, uh, discernment ministry even called him a false prophet. And how in the world you could call somebody a false prophet when they're, what they've said is going to happen uh, 
uh, has not happened yet. You have to wait and see whether it's going to happen. Uh, we, we, you, you look in the Bible and you see, for example, the first prophecy in the Bible concerning the destruction of Jerusalem was made 150 years before Jerusalem was destroyed. Well, uh, you have to wait and see whether these things are going to come true. And, and his basic thesis in the book is uh, a thesis that I don't know how anybody could uh, could challenge, and the thesis was that America is in rebellion against God and that we are courting the wrath of God and that wrath God is going to destroy this nation if we don't turn in repentance. Uh, how can anybody argue with that? Uh, you know, and yet they just ripped this poor man from one end to the other, and I thought it was very unchristlike. Uh, uh, it's one thing if you don't agree with his thesis, just argue with the thesis. But yeah. why do you have to make these uh, a personal attacks on people? And that's what I'm fed up with. Uh, another thing that prompted me to do this article is that in one of my previous magazines, I uh, had a, some kind comments to make about Oral Roberts, a man who I've always admired for his faith. He had great, great faith, and uh, for the fact that he also reintroduced healing into the mainstream of American uh, uh, American Christianity, and also the fact that he pioneered uh, Christian television at a time when there were only three networks, and yet somehow or other he managed to get on NBC and, and do his program there. And in the article I, where I said these things, I specifically stated that I did not agree with his prosperity teachings, never agreed with him, and thought that he made a terrible mistake at the end of his life when he tried to create the uh, city of faith uh, when everybody was saying he shouldn't do that, and I felt like that he ran out from underneath uh, God's anointing then, and uh, that he acted on presumption rather than faith. Uh, and, and yet, despite all that, uh, there were some people who tried to crucify me, attack me mm-hmm. personally, rip me from one end to the other, because I'd had anything kind to say about Oral Roberts. Well, David, this is the tone of the new discerners, and um, you've got to have your eyes dotted properly and your T's crossed exactly right, or, or this is the kind of response that... Um well, I think what them. they need to realize is that there's nobody who has perfection. All of us are wrong about something. <laughs> Can't we just be glad that we're right about the right things, about uh, Jesus Christ, about salvation by grace through faith? Why do we have to attack each other? We're not the enemy. The enemy, uh, we know where the enemy is, and he's out there attacking us all the time. But when he does it through people who claim to be Christians, it's, it's really sad. I don't mind people challenging me on theology. That's fine. But why do they have to to attack me personally? For example, uh, almost every time somebody disagrees with me on theology, and they'll write me letters like this or email messages, they'll say, I know the only reason you take the position that you take is because it sells books. In other words, you're wanting to make money. Well, that is not what I'm motivated to do. I, I didn't go into ministry to make money, and I don't take theological positions to, uh, because I think they're going to sell books. In fact, I've taken a lot of very, very unpopular theological positions that weren't designed to sell books at all. But why do we have to attribute evil to a person that we disagree with? There are so many things in the Bible that are not crystal clear, and there's room for disagreement. Like, for example, the timing of the rapture. I believe strongly it's going to be before the tribulation. But I'm not going to condemn somebody to hell because they disagree with me on the timing of the rapture. Well, I'm going to take a 60-second timeout. Coming back in just one minute. Don't go away. Don't touch that dial. If you would like a copy of today's program, give our office a call. Or if you'd like to make that request by mail, our mailing address is Olive Tree Ministries, Post Office Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. We have to take a short break, but we'll be back in 60 seconds for more with Jan Markell. 
Investing in Christian radio has eternal value. Lives are being changed. Truth is going forth. And we call Understanding the Times Radio for the Remnant. You will keep hearing news and information on this program that is not available many places. This outreach began almost 13 years ago and now has expanded to hundreds of radio outlets across America and around the world electronically. Consider being a part of the family. Tax-deductible gifts in the new year can be sent to Olive Tree Ministries, Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. Be sure to tell us what station you're listening to. Or call us business hours, 763-559-4444, 763-559-4444. Watch the world with me through the lens of the Bible each week, right here where your dial is set. There seems to be a knee-jerk response. If, if somebody's a Pentecostal or charismatic, then they have nothing good to say, and I'm just going to uh, rip them from one end to the other. I think another is jealousy. I think some of these people are very jealous of people who have been blessed by the Lord. We continue now with more conversation with Jan Markell, Eric Barger, and Dr. David Reagan. Okay, welcome back to the program. And again, just by way of short summary, we opened this program some 40 minutes ago talking about the contentious contenders. Can we not disagree in love? And can we not focus more on, let's just say, can we not focus on the essentials of the faith? But we do have those peripheral issues, and the peripheral issues aren't always minor. We've been talking a little bit about that as well. Eric Barger, why don't you weigh in here? It strikes me, as I'm listening to Dr. Reagan just then, that what's going on here, and this this has been something that we've labored about so much, is that Christians appear to be treating each other just like opposing politicians try to undermine one another. And uh, have we learned that from the world and then brought it in the church? Uh, That seems to be what's happening. And my advice would be to everybody listening, you know, unless you have personally examined, really taken the time to look at all sides, just don't take anything that any of us or anyone else says as gospel until you look for yourself. Find out for yourself or honestly and just bluntly keep your mouth shut. I I think so often we have jumped in and decided that uh, because we have connected with a particular teacher or in this case a discerner or an apologist that if they say it it must be gospel this is almost like i follow paul i follow apollos you know it's it's there we're following along after others rather than finding out for ourselves so we need to remember in the case of of the brian mclaren's of the world of the rob bells of the world that's radically different than this we're talking about people who are mm-hmm. honestly bona fide christians who have not denied the fundamentals of the faith dr reagan points out those fundamentals in his article it's something i've written about something we talked about on air. And if those things had not been violated, then the rest of this is it should be discussion. It shouldn't be a uh, slamming and besmirching of other people. Well, just quickly, and Dave Reagan lists five essentials, and we talked about essentials earlier in the hour here. And uh, Dr. Reagan includes the virgin birth, uh, the divinity of Jesus, atoning death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, the promise of Jesus to return. And then Dr. Reagan says, when a Christian leader denies one or more of those fundamentals, his ministry should not be respected or supported, and it can be legitimately considered as apostate. Disagreements over other points of doctrine are important, but they should never serve to disrupt our fellowship in the Lord. Truth is important, but not all truth is equally important. So, for example, whatever the truth may be about the millennium, it is nothing compared to the truth that Jesus 
is Lord. David, there are some peripheral issues, and since we've already spent time, I don't want to spend a lot of time. But for instance, to me, the issue of replacement theology is so crucial because that's so distorting scripture when we take all those verses given to Israel and then we transfer them over to the church. The Bible is practically changed inside out. So I have a huge issue with that. Well, I, I would agree, Jan. And of course, you know me, I'm a very strong supporter of the of the state of Israel, and I believe very strongly that God is going to bring a great remnant of the Jews to uh, salvation at the end of the tribulation. And uh, yet, uh, one of the men that I admire greatly, who has gone on to be with the Lord, is Dr. James Kennedy, who was 47 years as the pastor of Coral Ridge, and, and man had great uh, sermons about the Christian heritage of America. He stood for that Christian heritage. He spoke out about it. He was criticized for that, but I, I admired him greatly. And yet, he was one of the foremost proponents of replacement theology. Well, I would disagree with that, and I, I would uh, argue with him about that, but I wouldn't condemn him. Uh, to hell because he uh, held that particular position. I mean, it, it, it's one thing to, to disagree with a person and disagree with them strongly, but it's another thing to attack them personally and, and call them all kinds of names and defame them. In my article, I give the example of, of C.S. Lewis, and I yes. imagine most people are very familiar with him. I mean, he was a brilliant Oxford professor. He came to the Lord when he was about 40 years old, and he wrote some of the greatest defenses of the Christian faith in all of the 20th century, things like mere Christianity and the problem of pain. And, and yet he revealed in one of his last letters that he wrote that he believed in purgatory. Well, that just blew me away. How could anybody who knew the Bible as well as he knew it uh, believe in purgatory? I would have argued with him about that all day long. And I hope that when I see him in heaven that we can sit down and have a talk about that. But <laughs> I'm not going to condemn him to hell because he was wrong about something. We're not saved by perfect knowledge. We're saved by having our faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and believing that we're going to be saved by grace and not by works. You know, some people, if a person is wrong about one thing, then they're going to attack that person personally and tear them to pieces, and, and it's just terrible. Even you, Jen, for example, when you invited uh, Jonathan Kahn to speak at uh, your latest uh, mm -hmm. wonderful conference, uh, people, there were some people who ripped you apart personally for that, and, and that was just so unchristlike. Well, and I didn't ask you to bring this topic up. I mean, I'll certainly speak into it. I'm very proud of my relationship, my friendship with um, Messianic Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. By the way, those who don't know, and many of my listeners do know that uh, Jonathan gave an invitation to salvation at my conference. We had him close out the uh, event with a call for repentance and salvation, and somewhere between 50 and 100 people got saved that particular afternoon. So, I find well, it particularly troubling when a man like this, <laughs> he's virtually slandered. On, on one website, a woman insisted he had ties to the Kabbalah and was an occultist. Oh. There, there were many accusations. Eric, you pick it up well, because this is a little too raw for me. Eric, why don't you pick it up? David, we uh, we discussed with Jonathan uh, both on air and off air his book, his ideas, his theology, where he's right. coming from. We talked to him personally. We, we read, we listened. You know, the guy believes in the fun fundamentals of the faith, and sure. he's an evangelist at heart, and yet because uh, people decided his hermeneutics weren't as narrow as they wanted it to be, this is what happened. You know, what really uh, concerns me is that what's happening in apologetics and discernment today is helping to, uh, may I say, train in a wrong way the next breed of apologists, the next generation. Mm -hmm. Is this the way the next generation of apologists is going to think they need to operate inside the church? This is a great concern. We need to come back and look at the 
the scripture and recognize that if we're not showing uh, love to one another, then we've missed the mark. And I said that in, in one of the other segments of this program, but it needs to be repeated that if we're not doing this because we want to correct people and bring uh, truth into the picture and we do it in a spirit of love, then it's the wrong spirit. David, I think one of the issues, and since you brought this up, I'm just dwelling on it for another second. One of the issues with uh, Jonathan Kahn is he is a Pentecostal. Today, that seems to be an offensive thing. Well, I was going to say, I, I think there's there's a number of motivations for these, what I call the pit bulls, that are out there attacking everybody. And one of them is that uh, there seems to be a knee-jerk response. If, it, if somebody's a Pentecostal yeah. or charismatic, then they have nothing good to say, and I'm just going to uh, rip them from one end to the other. I think another is jealousy. I think some yes. of these people are very jealous of people who have been blessed by the Lord and who have large ministries or ministries that have a significant impact, and they're just jealous. I think some of it is um, motivated uh, uh, by the uh, uh, fact of I can build myself up by tearing other people down. And unfortunately, there are people who respond to that and, and really say, oh, yeah, I, this guy, he now he really he rips everybody apart, and I'm on his side. And I think that's very sad. Let me just uh, say amen to that and tell you that I had a discussion with another major ministry leader. He is on um, he's on radio five days a week, and I, I'll leave him nameless just for his sake because he's not here to comment about it. But he told me nearly identical, the same thing that you just said. David, you say this. You say, I always had great respect for the Pentecostal movement, in other words, for its zeal, enthusiasm, and its passion. The praise music it has produced has blessed my soul. You say, I am also thankful for the way God worked through the movement to resurrect the gifts of the Spirit, but I have never been able to accept their core teaching that the baptism of the Holy Spirit must be manifested in the in the gift of tongues, etc. So I agree with you. I think somewhere along the line, and maybe it was because of some of the excesses seen on the TBN network, I'm not sure, and I don't have to, I don't have Christian television, so I'm not sure what's all being aired. But uh, somewhere along the line, the Pentecostal issues just seem to become a lightning rod, and I think it's very tragic. Well, uh, for example, uh, we we are currently trying to uh, get on the TBN network uh, with our television program, and we announced that uh, to the public and mm-hmm. asked them to pray for it. And you wouldn't believe the number of hate letters that I got. How would you dare be on such a horrible network? How how would you be on such a network with people preaching uh, things like the uh, uh, Word of Faith uh, doctrines and so forth? And I wrote back and said, Hey, I would be willing to be on CBS, NBC, sure. ABC if I could afford it, and they would give me a time slot. I would willing to be on a pagan network with a bunch of pagans if I can get on there and proclaim the soon coming of Jesus to as many people as possible as quickly as possible. The fact that I'm on the network doesn't necessarily mean I agree with what may be their basic uh, theology. And yet there's this automatic knee-jerk response Mm -hmm. of, well, you must have gone apostate because you want to be on the TBN network. You sound a lot like... the network you're on must must have some people who who don't agree with you in your theology and all. Does that make you apostate? Yeah, I know. Eric, you got about a minute. Do you want to just comment on some of this, and then we're going to have your wind down after that. You know, I've said uh, many times here on air and elsewhere that if the Mormons invited me to come speak, I'd go. And then I'd be ripped apart for it, but I'd go gladly as long as I wasn't uh, wasn't told I couldn't present the authentic gospel message. There you go. Glad these guys weren't around when the Apostle Paul went to Athens and rubbed elbows with all those heathens there and shared the gospel. He oh. would have been attacked immediately. 
folks, you can get a hold of this particular magazine. The best way online, uh, David, for the Lamplighter magazine, the, the current yes, issue? That, that, yes, they can access the whole magazine online at lamblion.com. No and in the middle, just lamb, L-A-M-B, lion, L-I-O-N, dot com. And if they want to subscribe to it, what's the best way? Well, they can sign up there on the website to get it free of charge by email, but if they want it through mail, there is a charge. David, uh, we will stay in touch. We do appreciate what you're doing. We really do. So thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. Keep speaking out. All right. Okay. Bye-bye now. Eric, is that a man after our own heart or not? (laughs) Yeah, he sure is. And what what a wonderful guy and just grateful for all his thoughts. Sadly, many in the church are rejecting many of the discerners and apologists and making themselves open and ripe to be deceived by people like the Brian McLarens and the Tony Campos. So when this sort of thing happens, and when people are not motivated by love, when discernment is only being done in a caustic fashion, I believe that real biblical error is then kind of passing through the midst of it, and the people who should be hearing truth about apologetics are then discounting all of it. What a tragic thing. <laughs> well, we've covered a lot of ground today. Thank you, Eric. I couldn't agree with you more. The Bible speaks repeatedly about false teachers, wolves in sheep's clothing, particularly in the last days. Jesus refers 14 times to some of those false teachers and ravenous wolves. And then we have the passage in Jude about contending for the faith. It's a commandment. It's not an option. Jude says, I felt the necessity to write to you, appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all handed down to the saints, for certain persons have crept in unnoticed. Well, they have. They've crept into the world of the church and even ministries. So we're not suggesting you not become discerning people and you, that you not sharpen your discernment. We're just asking you to do all in love. And in the meantime, look back and thank him. Look around, serve him. Look ahead, trust him. Always look up and expect him. Jesus is coming again sooner rather than later. Talk to you next time. Jesus, Redeemer, mighty to save. You are the love song we'll sing forever. Bowing before you, blessing your For information about our guest today, please check out our website, olivetreeviews.org. All of us are so thankful for the continued financial support we have received at year-end, and Jen Markell is so appreciative of the outpouring of love toward this ministry. In 2013, we will be expanding this radio ministry to reach even more people with the inconvenient truth. So your gifts and prayers are vitally important at this time. Remember, if you would like to order any materials by phone, our number is 763-559-4444 or our mailing address is Post Office Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota 55311. We will be back at this same time next week. Hope to see you then.